Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. So this was their plan. Their plan was they took his coat, they covered it with blood, they took it to their father, and so that they wouldn't have to even lie, they just hand it to their brothers and they, their, their father, and they say, We found this. Is it your son's? Do you know whether or not it's your son's tunic? Verse 33 says, And Jacob recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast must have devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. Jacob was distraught. And all his sons, verse 35, and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And here he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Friends, can you imagine how distraught Jacob was? His favorite son, as far as he knew, had been killed by a wild animal. He could hardly bear the pain. What about the brothers? Uh, uh, what, what, what do you think the brothers are feeling now? You know, they, they had hated Joseph. This was going to get rid of their problem. They were going to feel all better about this because they weren't going to have to listen to his nonsense anymore and they weren't going to have to put up with his father's favoritism of, the, of him. You think at this point when they saw the agony and the pain their father was going through, you think they were as happy as they thought they would be? You think maybe they didn't consider what their actions would actually do to their father? That maybe even though they hated Joseph, did they really intend to inflict this kind of pain on their own father? I believe at this point, the brothers began to experience for the very, maybe some of them for the very first time, feelings of remorse that would build and grow over the next 22 years while Joseph was away and they had no idea what had happened to him and they had to keep it hush-hush. And they had to tell lies to cover up lies and lies. You know how that works, right? And then Joseph, verse 36 says, The Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Here was Joseph, now a young man, all alone in a foreign land. His brothers had betrayed him. His father thought he was dead, wouldn't even come looking for him because he thought he was dead. How in the world would Joseph be able to go on? You know, his situation at this time had to seem pretty hopeless to him, right? Uh, nobody's gonna, even going to know this. Uh, it seemed pretty desperate, impossible that anything good could ever come out of this as God, surely God is nowhere to be found. Friends, it's at this point Joseph had a decision. How was he going to let this event that happened in his life of his brother selling him into slavery, was he going to be angry and bitter and mad at them and allow this to cause him uh, to, to, to head down a path of destruction and being defeated for the rest of his life? Or would he choose that quality that we talked about at the beginning to be resilient and to put his faith and trust in God even with the bad circumstances that he had? Well, Turn over to chapter 39. Look at verse 1. We're going to look at this in more detail next week. Well, let's see. Just get a glimpse of what happened to Joseph. Verse 39 says this. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2, and the Lord was with him. Had turned to the Lord. 
Joseph drew close to the Lord. And it says, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer. Uh, Potiphar made him overseer of his house. And all that Potiphar had, he put under Joseph's authority. Friends, hardly becoming mad and angry and bitter. Amen? I don't know about you, but that's probably where I would have gone. Right? It's not where Joseph went. How can we... Part of the reason I wanted to go through this series on Joseph is to help us learn some valuable lessons of life, some things that we need to understand to help us uh, from, from getting to the point where we become angry and bitter and, and maybe uh, uh, just moping around sometimes because so much is ha- bad has happened to us in our life. How can we come to the point of resiliency and putting our trust in God like Joseph? Well, friends... The amount of time we have remaining, I want to share with you three simple truths, three basic facts of life that we can learn from this story this morning that will help us to become resilient and to, to realize that we need to turn it over and put our trust in God. It's so number one. Number one is this. The first fact of life we need to accept, friends, is that others are going to wrong you. Others are going to wrong you. They're gonna, other people are going to do things which you are, are, are suffer because of. Uh, they're going to they're do things that affect you, whether we like it or not. Amen? And sometimes we're born that way, right? We're born in circumstances beyond our control, and, and we are suffering because of decisions that other people have made, our parents, our grandparents, sins that they have been involved in, whatever it is, friends, we're, we're going to suffer many times because of what other people have done. You know, Joseph was now separated from his family. You may say, well, well, pastor, yeah, but he had a prideful attitude. Yes, but that was no reason for his brothers to sell him into slavery. His father, Jacob, now lost all he knew, really lost his son forever because of the actions of those brothers selling him into slavery. Friends, every single one of us here has been affected in some way, shape, or form by the bad choices and decisions of others. Amen? Sometimes it's intentional. Some of you are here this morning, and you've got a lot of hurt. And part of that hurt is because someone has intentionally set out to hurt you. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's an ex-spouse. Maybe it's just an enemy that you've, that, that you've made along the way that you didn't even intend to. Sometimes uh, those hurts are intentional. Friends, but I believe most of the time those hurts are, even, are unintentional. It's kind of like collateral damage, right? You know, it's kind of like gunfire. You know, uh, uh, gunfire sometimes is aimed at you. But many times it, it, it may just be that, that, that a, a stray bullet has hit you. It's collateral damage, and, and you may be an innocent victim. Maybe your parents divorced, and you suffered, and have, and have had, to have, had to have the, the things in your life that have happened as a result of that. Maybe one of your family members is on drugs, and you then have to pick up the pieces, or now uh, you have to uh, help them out, and, and it affects your life in, in many different ways. 
Friends, everyone, every single one of us has been wronged by someone at some time and is or has suffered the consequences because of it. You say, Pastor, why are you telling us this? Seems like just a no-brainer. Friends, here's the reason I'm telling you this. Because we like to think we're unique. We like to think that, that nothing like this, nothing like what we've experienced has ever happened to anybody else before. And because of that, then we have a right and we have a reason to be mad and angry and bitter. Or we have a reason to sulk and pout and, and, and climb in our hole and to separate ourselves from everybody else. We have a, a reason, we think, to just give up or, or mope around in misery or, or to feel sorry for ourselves. Friends, but the reality is every single person in this room has been affected by the decisions and choices of others. And it's beyond our control. And so we can either allow that to cause us to be bitter and angry and mad at God, at life, at people around us that don't even deserve it. Or we can choose to forgive. You say, Pastor, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Guess what? You don't deserve God's forgiveness either. You say, well, how can I forgive them? Friends, because God in Christ has forgiven you. If you know him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. He he provided the way for forgiveness before we ever came to him, before we ever knew we even needed it. Friends, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sins so that you can be reconciled to God. You can be brought back and be, be a part of his family. And that your sins can be paid for and redeemed. And that all your hurts can be healed. Jesus did that for you. The Bible says, if God so loved us, ought we not also to love one another? And we need to. Here comes the bottom line. You can allow, remember we said at the beginning that that event is going to define you some way. Whatever it is, if it's an event or decision or whatever it is you suffered from somebody else, friends, are you going to allow that to create a negative path in your life for the rest of your life? And are you going to still allow that to define you? Or are you going to turn it over to God? Are you going to trust Him that, you know what, even in a bad circumstance, God can bring good out of that? Listen, we may not know how, It may not even look, you say, Pastor, how in the world could anything good be brought out of this horrible, terrible situation or what has happened to me? Friends, I don't know. But what I do know is that God can do it. And if you'll hang around for the next six weeks, you're going to see how as Jacob went through some awful, terrible stuff, God turned it all into good. And in the midst of all this difficult stuff that Jacob went through in our text today, friends, God was working. So I want to encourage you not to respond in bitterness, anger, fear, uh, 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 feeling sorry for yourself, but to put your trust in God. Amen? Hurts and all. Number two, friends, the second fact of life we need to understand is not only have others wronged us, friends, but guess what? We're all going to do some, and you can put whatever word you want in here, dumb, idiotic, immature, stupid stuff. Amen? We've all done it. We've all done some, some pretty stupid things. And so 
uh, we need to realize, friends, that uh, uh, we're going to do some things. What do, we, what do we do with it after we've come to our senses? Amen? Think about it. Here was Joseph. Don't you reckon in hindsight, after Joseph had been sold into slavery, while they were on their tr- that trip down to Egypt, Joseph probably thinking to himself, you know, maybe I shouldn't have told them about those dreams. <laughs> maybe I should have kept that to myself. You know, maybe that was a little prideful. Maybe I was bragging a little bit about what, maybe I was trying to seek something from them that I shouldn't have. You know, maybe you say, you know, maybe I shouldn't have flaunted that favorite son status as much as I did. Maybe I shouldn't have worn that, that coat dad gave me every time I saw them. You see, friends, we all need to learn from our mistakes. Amen. Whether, whether, whether those mistakes are just simply immaturity or whether they are pure defiance. And we make both kinds, amen? Whether those mistakes have been public for all to see or whether those mistakes are in the, in, in the privateness and nobody else ever knows about that, friends. We need to learn from the mistakes that are whether they're sinful or just plain immature, friends. God will forgive us in Christ if we will come to him. We must come to the point, friends, where we own up to and admit the wrongs, the mistakes, the sin that we've committed in our life. We must be willing, friends, to ask God to forgive us and, if need be, ask others to forgive us as well. Amen? And turn from our sin and turn to Christ. Friends, it's only in that type of an attitude can we learn from our mistakes and now start learning from them and become better people because of them. Amen? You see, we're all going to make mistakes. The question is, are we going to repeat them over and over and over and over and over? Or will we come to our senses, realize the error of our way, and give it to God? Turn to Him. Friends, not only have others wronged us, second fact, not only are we all going to do some stupid stuff, The third fact of life that we see from our text today is this, friends. Life will not always go our way. Have you realized that yet? Life's not going to always go the way you planned. We can let it upset us. We can let it derail us. Or we can turn, turn it over to God and trust Him to bring good out of it. You see, life didn't go the way Joseph had planned it. I'm sure Joseph didn't plan to end up in Egypt, amen? You know, unless that wasn't his vacation trip of a lifetime, (laughs) especially not in slavery, when he found himself in Potiphar's house. But Joseph turned to God. You see, he could have become angry and bitter and, and moped around and pouted, friends, But instead, he trusted God with his future. He forgave his brothers, and he lived his life to honor God where he was. You see, we have a choice to make when things happen. Are we going to mope and pout and become bitter and angry? Are we going to maybe simply give up and quit trying? Oh, man, I can't believe all this stuff has happened to me. Everybody's against me. How in the world am I going to get through this? And we just simply give up. Maybe we quit trying. Maybe... Maybe we just decide, you know what, I'm just going to face life myself. And we just, with determination, decide we're going to face life the best we know how until something else happens and something else happens and something else happens. 
Friends, are you going to respond in one of those ways? Or will you entrust your future to God and put it in his hands? You say, Pastor, why should I even do that? Why should I trust God with this situation? What, what's he going to do? Friends, Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the promise of the Lord. That if you come to him and you bring your problems, you bring your hurts, you bring the pain that you're going through on the inside, friends, and you put your eyes and your focus on him, friends, and he will give you rest for your soul, friends, because then you can be right with him, be right with God. You know, there's another reason why we need to turn to the Lord. It's simply because others are going to wrong you. We're going to do some stupid stuff. And life is not always going to go our way. Friends, in other words, at some time you're going to come to the point when you realize you need God. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you've been just trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I process all the stuff that's happened in my life? Maybe you've, uh, there's been a lot that you've dealt with. Maybe there's a lot of pain in your life that, 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 that's either intentional or unintentional. Maybe by family members, friends, and others. Friends, would you give that over to God today? Would you stop allowing that to control your life? And would you make the choice today? You see, forgiveness is a choice. You say, but pastor, I don't feel like I can forgive them. You'll never feel like you can forgive them until you make the choice to do it. When we make the choice to forgive because God has forgiven us in Christ, then God takes away the anger, the bitterness, the animosity. When we make a choice, you know what? I'm not going to hold that against them. Whether they intended to or not, I'm going to let it go. Friends, maybe it's circumstances in your life. You say, you know what? It just seems like I keep, keep having one thing after another. Come, come, and come. And, and I just I feel so defeated. Friends, When you change your mindset and you begin to give that over to God and you realize that all those difficult things God can use in your life to make you better instead of making you bitter, then our perspective changes, friends, and we begin to grow in God instead of wallow in our misery. Would you make that choice today? I want to ask you if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Listen, if you're here this morning... And like Joseph, you've been through some stuff. Maybe this morning you've, you realize that you've never turned it over to God. Never thought you needed to before now. But right now you say, you know what, Pastor? I want to. I want to I ask Jesus to come into my life. I want to trust Him with my future. Uh, Pastor, I've let this, this thing define me for too long in a negative way. I've let it be an albatross around my neck. And pastor, right now, I want to give this over to God and ask him to come into my life, give him control. Right now, just would you, would you ask him that? Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you the bitterness, the anger, self-pity and Lord we turn it over to you trusting Lord that even though we don't understand 
may never understand. Then we put it into your hands. You can bring good out of bad. Right now, today, we want to do that. Friend, if that's the desire of your heart, our praise team is going to just start leading us in song here in just a minute. These steps at the front are a place that you can come and just kind of pray, do business with God. You say, can I do that right where I am? Yeah, you can. That's fine. Maybe you want to come to the altar here at the front. Maybe you need somebody to pray with you. I'd be glad to do that. Mark, we have others. Would you give it over to God right now? Whatever it is. Let's stand together. Lord, we love you. Do a work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name. Friends, you come. Respond to him this morning. Whatever he's saying in your heart, whatever he's saying in your life, would you come and respond to him?
Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. Lord, help us today to just turn it over to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be seated, if you will, for just a moment. A couple of quick things before we leave this morning. Inside of your bulletin, Mark mentioned this, but there's a Connect card. Listen, this would help me out tremendously as your pastor. And uh, if you are visiting with us for first time, we would appreciate it if you put down any information on there that you're willing to share with us. I promise you we're not going to uh, bug you to death or anything, uh, but we do just want to um, be able to say thank you for coming. And uh, we also have a free gift for you if this is your first time or you have not gotten it before. If you'll see me right outside these doors, we can get that uh, for you as well. All right, so ushers, you guys come on forward. If you'll put these in the baskets, we would appreciate that. A couple of quick things here. Um, this week, seniors, is senior lunch on Tuesday, 1130 here at the church. And so um, if you have any questions about that, Judy, raise your hand, if you will, way back here in the back, Bob and Judy Wise, um, and kind of lead that up. And so you can see them uh, right after church. Uh, our children are going to start practicing uh, their Christmas play on this Wednesday night. And so I believe, Jan, you have some CDs for them of that. And so if you'll see Jan just kind of right up here by the flags. Um, yeah, Jan, raise your hand real big. All right. So if you're a parent uh, interested in your kid being in a, the Christmas play, come and get a CD from Jan. They can start learning all of that. Good deal. All right. Here we have Sarah right up here in the front. Sarah, glad to see you get baptized today. Amen. And Randy. Randy and Sarah are married. They're sitting with their families uh, and so forth. And so I apologize that everybody got separated from each other a little bit. But uh, there's, no, there's no problem in anything, right? And st- no, okay, all right, good. <laughs> no, they're, um, love that couple. Love them, love them. Also, uh, Katie and Ella, you guys are right back here. And so let me give, uh, give these to them. Proud of all of you guys and the step of just trusting in Christ and following through with him. Amen. Amen. And then this morning, I want to introduce to you uh, two couples. Uh, first of all, we have Ian and Kayla. You guys turn around here for just a moment, if you will. All right. Uh, Ian and Kayla are, uh, have been in the area for just a couple months, right? And uh, moved here from Florida. And uh, they, uh, Ian's in school, and Kayla is, um, uh, is working and to, uh, to, to, to pay the bills, right? There we go. Good deal. And so they come, have been saved, they've been baptized, and wanting to become a part of the fellowship here at Southside. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. And then next we have Matt and Angela Frailing. And uh, Matt and Angela have been attending for a while now, uh, probably uh, nine, yeah, just before Easter and so forth. And uh, uh, actually uh, been in some of our classes and so forth. And I've gotten a chance to know them, just a wonderful couple. Uh, Matt and I had a chance to talk uh, just about a little over a week ago. And God's been working in his heart. And so he has put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ and prayed to invite him into his life. And we are thrilled about that. Amen. Amen. And so Matt is going to be following through with baptism. And uh, Angela has been saved and baptized uh, a few years back. And uh, so they come desiring to become a part of the fellowship. And we just welcome them here to Southside. So good to have you guys. Kayla and Ian, 
Kayla and Ian, good to have you guys as well. Uh, Matt and Angela have two, two girls. Callie is a teenager. She's over here somewhere, I believe, and Lily as well. And so uh, you come up. Guys, if you all just kind of hang out up here afterwards, come up, give them the right hand of fellowship, get a chance to meet them, welcome them to Southside. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, let's, uh, how are we going to close this off today, Brendan? You want with a word of prayer? You want to you you feel like singing? A little, little song? All right. Let's, let's, let's sing a little bit. Okay. Let's sing a chorus. You know, somebody was remarking to me the other day, by the way, about how weird church is. Bear with me. Because you don't go to the bank and say, hey, why don't we all sing a song while we're waiting here in the bank, right? <coughs> but we come here together, we sing some songs. So why don't we just stand as this, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Amen. God bless you, saints. Lord bless you as you go and uh, love and serve our God and each other. Amen? All right. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.